The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, trying to describe a low blood sugar to somebody who's never had a low blood sugar is impossible. So when you when you were reading out that email, I could feel and understand that exact feeling. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Insulon Podcast. With me, Owen, your host, and my co-host, Mr. Graham O'Toole. Graham, what's the crack? Good afternoon, Owen. Delighted as ever to be back on. You're off the back of two fantastic podcasts, can I just say. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to 56 was Tom Allison. That was just, whoo, that was just wild. (laughs) I love when Tom comes on. That was the second time we've had him on. And you two are just fantastic together. Uh, It's just such a good episode. And especially you're both so passionate, but you show it in different ways. And I love how Tom gets so passionate about it. It's so infectious. When I'm listening, I'm just listening with a smile on my face. And then last week you had John who fought for diabetic airline pilots. And that story is just incredible because I I would have been like you. I would have thought, oh, type 1 diabetics can't be airline pilots. And that was true until John came around and sorted it out. And he just showed that with great diabetes management, you can really do anything, including change a rule within the aviation organization. Yeah, 100%. And that was... One of the only jobs where I believed a diabetic couldn't work full time. Mm-hmm. And I, and even when I post, I think when I posted up on Instagram, loads of people were mm, commenting yeah. and being like, oh my God, oh my God, I, I was always told that diabetic couldn't be pilots. And that was the only job that on the day of diagnosis, so many people said the only job they couldn't do. Yeah. So now, so I was kind of going into that podcast thinking... Surely not. Like, surely not. He's a pilot. He must just be lying. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm only joking. But yeah, it was it was unreal hearing the story because he showed that 
with great management, you can still do everything that you need to do. And he certainly worked hard. It was like five or six years he was working on changing those federal aviation regulations, which he did change. So yeah, insane. Fair play. And then Tom, <laughs> I just have to refer back. Yeah, Tom is, Tom is always good fun. As you say, massively passionate about diabetes. And he, he also just has no filter Which is whatsoever. Fantastic. Yeah, it's unreal. I love hearing that. <laughs> he just says it how it is. I'm sure this won't be, or a couple of weeks ago, won't be the last time Tom will be featuring on the Insulon podcast. So Absolutely not. We'll, uh, we'll make him a regular guest. He always brings fantastic energy to the podcast, which is which is what we want. Right, episode 58. We are well and truly into the second half of the 50s. We're going for 100 and more. And we're doing an episode which we are fond of doing because at the end of every single episode, Owen always asks you for your emails. We want to hear from you. This is your podcast. This is the Type 1 Diabetic Community. Everyone chipping in, telling us about their stories, asking questions. And one thing as well, Owen, which we don't ask, and I was thinking about this week, is what we do get on occasions, what we got from John, is if you want to come on and join us, if you have a story and you would like to talk about it on the Insulone podcast, please do reach out as well. People are doing that and we are slowly getting through them as well. We're getting a few requests. So that email address is theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com. As I said, we want your questions. We want your stories. And if you have a bigger story and you want to tell everyone else, then please do let us know. You can check out the spelling on that in the description of the podcast, wherever you've downloaded this podcast. But will we get into it on? Absolutely, 100%. I always love these episodes. Okay. Off the cuff, emails from listeners, stories from listeners. So I haven't read them. I've no idea what's coming. I'm hoping they're all nice. <laughs> so we'll see how they go. We get emails from around the world, but we're going to start with somewhere closer to home for both of us. We're going to start in Ireland, Owen. And this okay. one is from Adrienne O'Brien. And she says, love your podcast in the subject line. And she says... Hi there, Owen and Graham. Just thought I'd let you know that I love your podcasts. I think they're very informative, really helpful for type 1s and relaxed, which is also really nice. I've been type 1 for 31 years. 1st of February is my diversary. Usually try to mark it somehow. I had planned on doing a marathon distance run two days ago, but had to cut it short as was late starting out and needed to run home to bring the kids to the dentist. It was a good excuse. (laughs) I did 32 kilometers instead. Not too bad. I love my fellow Irish type ones. I know there's a lot of type one support out there, but there's nothing like Irish people together and we all just get the same humor. Well, firstly, thank you, Adrienne. I, I appreciate you getting in touch and appreciate you listening to the podcast. Glad you're enjoying it. I love, I love how she says, I did 32 kilometers instead, not too bad. It's like 32 kilometers is like more than two thirds of a marathon. So that's a long run. So fair play to you. You're obviously very active. And again, I always love hearing from the Irish listeners, as I do everybody else around the, around the globe, but particularly the Irish, because as you say, Graham, they're close to home. Yeah. So Appreciate you listening. Thanks a million. Anyhow, so much you say resonates with me, especially around the exercise. I very much use exercise as part of my management plan, along with nutrition, resistance training, raising blood sugars and cardio, bringing it down. I also have to plan my days. I usually sit down on a Sunday night to plan out my exercise for the week so I can work out my food and insulin around it. 
I am a morning exerciser, so usually try to get it done before lunch. Long run days are much better in the morning for me, as I am so used to them. If I run anything over 20 kilometers in the afternoon, my blood sugar could go either way. Hate the unpredictability of it, so I prefer to do it in the morning. Wow, there was a, there was a lot in that. Very detailed. And there was three things that stand out to me with that, which would be her various ways of managing her diabetes, which is, as I always say, the diabetic triangle of insulin, medication, nutrition, your food, and exercise your movement. All three of those are equally important and you cannot just rely on insulin. Of course you can and insulin will keep you alive, (laughs) but the three of them should be a part of your day, non-negotiable. And you should be managing your blood sugar with your insulin, with your exercise mainly, and the type of food that you eat. So. I love that. I love how Adrienne is consciously managing her diabetes with all those different variables, which is great to see. Another thing that stood out to me was her insane, well, insane in a good way, planning and organization. The fact that she sits down on a Sunday evening and plans out her exercise for the week. And then around that exercise for the week, I'm guessing that she can predict how her bloods are going to respond based on the type of exercise that you're doing. And then she fits into that, the food she's eating and the insulin that she's going to take. That's super rigid with her time. And I'm guessing, based off the fact that she listens to the podcast, first of all, <laughs> and the fact that she's so active and conscious of everything related to her blood sugars, that she probably has very good management. And you would also be a fan of exercising in the morning. Absolutely. And that was the last part of it that jumped out at me was the fact that she exercises in the morning. So that's what I typically like to do. Now, recently I have kind of been waiting for later later in the day because the sun is coming out and I like to train in the sun if it's there. But training in the morning for me and obviously for Adrienne, it's a lot easier because you're taking out the complications of food you've eaten and you're taking out the complications of insulin you may have on board. And much like we spoke about in great detail with Christelle on, I think it was episode 53, where essentially that whole episode was focusing on insulin on board and how it can influence your blood sugar while you're exercising. So Adriana's obviously clued into that big time. She understands that exercising in the morning is definitely going to benefit me more personally than if I do it later on in the day. That suits me obviously suits her. It may not suit somebody else. But again, like we always say on this podcast, Graham, finding what works out for you and your day and your diabetes and your blood sugar is the most important thing. I have a feeling you're going to enjoy the next paragraph of this email. She says, I tried to give myself running goals every month as there's no races at the moment. So I pretend they are on and train accordingly. It's a little bit harder to get motivation, but I do it nonetheless as it makes me feel great and the benefits are huge. I'm sure you know of the David Goggins challenge, four miles (laughs) every four hours for 48 hours. So I think it's like two marathons over two days. I thought about doing it last year, but was training for the Connemara Ultra, which didn't go ahead, needless to say. And I never did the Goggins challenge either. 
Anyway, the Goggins Challenge is going ahead this year, first weekend in March. Oh, we know about it. And I'm definitely doing it. Mm. I've toyed with the idea of doing it for charity, but I think it may just be my own personal challenge. Owen, you should consider it. The sense of achievement would be huge, I bet. And it's great to have goals. Now, if this is the first time you've listened to the Insloan podcast, guess what? Here's a surprise for you. Owen's already done it. <laughs> That's unreal. I certainly know the challenge well, and I did it I, the, almost to the day a month ago. Yeah, so, would, so it would I've have been got, the start of March. Yeah, I actually would have been running exactly this time a month ago. Yeah. But unreal. Yeah, I love that. And I hope, and I'm guessing that she did do it based on how determined she seemed in that paragraph. What stood out to me again was the fact that she said, I think she said she was toying with the idea of doing it for charity, but she might just do it as her own personal challenge, which is class. Mm. Because that just says to me that she has certain standards for kind of what she wants to do and what she wants to put herself through in, in the best way possible. And that was similar to how I felt with it I really just wanted to do that challenge for myself and it was very very difficult but yeah great sense of achievement and certainly difficult on the bloods because that consistent movement over 48 hours was just pulling my bloods down so low and I was yeah remember I said in that episode if you haven't listened to that episode definitely go back and listen to it because I didn't take any fast acting insulin for 48 hours which was insane. And I reduced my basal insulin by, I think, more than a half, wasn't it, Greg? You had hardly any insulin on board, especially on the second day. You reduced your long-lasting. Yeah, it was insane. But very enjoyable experience in a, a, strange, a strange sort of way. So I hope she did it. I hope she enjoyed it. If you did and if you're listening to this podcast, let me know how it went for you because I want to know other people's experiences Definitely. Mm. And she was training for the Connor Marathon or the Connor Marathon Ultra. That was the one I was planning on doing before it was cancelled because of the virus. So maybe I'll see you there next year. So episode 54 is where we find out how Owen got on doing the Goggins Challenge. And just check the date. Obviously, this was sent in a couple of weeks before Owen did it. I'm sure Adrienne has listened back to that one already. And do, as Owen said, let us know how you got on. Um, There's Mm. more. She says... And the other thing which has been a massive game changer for me is the Omnipod. I got mine last week off lockdown last year. I have to self-fund it and trying to navigate my way through the HSC to fund it has been a nightmare. And for people outside of Ireland, the HSC is our health system here in Ireland. But it really has been well worth the money. Between my Dexcom CGM and the Omnipod, I feel pretty safe when I'm out running as long as I have the Dextrose in my pocket too. (laughs) That's unreal. Yeah, I have, I've actually never met an Irish person using an Omnipod. So an Omnipod essentially is just a different type of insulin pump. Okay. So much like the CGM that I have in my stomach, it has like the kind of needle sensor that goes under the skin. And then that's a patch. Looks like a big, a big patch. The Omnipod is something similar to that, just slightly bigger. And it's an insulin pump. So there's insulin in the device itself. It's on you, much like a CGM, and then you control the insulin manually. Okay. Is that connected to your phone as well, like the Dexcom? No, I, I actually think the Omnipod is, has a separate 
kind of remote device to use but very handy and what you can do sometimes with omnipods a lot of people do them and again she's probably the first irish person i've even heard of using an omnipod you can do something called looping where basically it's connected to your cgm so that if your bloods go high or low that will alter the insulin being put into your body so very handy to finish, she says, I'm really enjoying your podcast and usually listen to them to make my blood sugar rise in the morning lifting weights. Keep going with them. <laughs> They're brilliant and you're a good team. Stay safe and well. That is Adrienne. Uh, thank you so much for that email and please do get in contact with us and let us know how you got on in the Goggins Challenge. Absolutely. That was a great email. Thanks a million, Adrienne. Appreciate you getting in touch and appreciate you listening. Before we go on to the second email, Owen, did you get new plants in the background? Is this a new addition to your home studio office? <laughs> Glad you noticed. You, notice. you took your time noticing. Yeah. Uh, I actually had them for a while, but I just I just did a slight bit of rearranging. What do you think? It's like a, a tropical rainforest in there. So is, there? is that to help That's what I, the your uh, your pet turtle? Uh, it's a tortoise. I knew it was a first thing. of all. I knew it was one of them, and I knew I was going to commit to the wrong one. I just knew it. Unbelievable! What is the difference uh, between a tortoise it, and a turtle? To help, a turtle is one that swims around in the water. A tortoise, tortoise, however you want to pronounce it, is one that walks around, doesn't swim. Ah. So, I so when I'm working, when I'm working, it's weird to be talking about it on the podcast. But when I'm working. I'll take him out of his enclosure and he'll just walk around. That's brilliant. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so he loves the summertime. I'll bring him out to the garden. Gets the tan on, eats some leaves. So yeah, he has a good life. How long have you had him for? Oh. I'd say maybe like 12 years. Long. Actually longer. Probably about 15 years. <laughs> And he will probably, I suppose I didn't realize at the time how much of a pet investment it would be because he potentially could live longer than I will. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We have to introduce my goldfish with your tortoise. Do you have a goal? I thought your goldfish died. Yeah, two two out of three of them died. I still have Jürgen swimming around. Mm. Right. Right. We should set up a pet podcast. (laughs) <laughs> he should <laughs> scrap scrap the diabetes straight on the pets email number two this is from Kat uh, subject line M-M-O-L and M-G now that is millimole and milligram is that correct? so M-M-O-L slash L is millimole per litre and M-G-D-L is milligram per deciliter okay so we will use M-M-O-L in Ireland and some parts of Europe, and then MGDL is used in the States and other parts of Europe too. It, it can vary from country to country. But I generally will just say Ireland and the States, just because that's the difference. Perfect. So this is email number two from Kat. Hello there. A massive shout out to Graham. Ah, c- Excuse Congratulations me? for nailing the diet quiz. I hope you won't get diabetes, man. <laughs> first of all, first of all, you didn't nail the diabetes quiz. Uh, I, w- I gave you, I think, a B. Uh, and secondly, I do hope you get diabetes. <laughs> And we've been through that. We've been through that plenty of times on this no, podcast. Look, okay, you say I've got to be, 
but the Insulone podcast listener will know the truth of the situation. They have listened mm-hmm. to episode number 52 where we celebrated a year of podcasts by testing how much I was actually listening over the year. And <laughs> yeah. I did pretty well. Uh, we go on. Just wanted to clarify something because you seem to believe it's only the US using the MG deciliter system, the milligram deciliter system. We actually do have a few countries using the exact same system in Europe. The first one that comes to my mind is Poland, my home country and a country of my diagnosis. Then Spain, bracket, I wish it was my country, and then France (laughs) and Italy. Might be more, those are the ones that I know of. Up here in Scandinavia, my actual home for the time being, we use millimole per litre, similarly to you guys in Ireland, UK and Netherlands. Easy way to remember it, if it rains and it's windy a lot, you're probably in the millimole per litre country. If it gets really hot in the summer, you'll probably happen to be in one of the milligram countries. Love your podcast, take care, and that's from Kat. Thank you, Kat, for getting in touch. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, look, I wish that all countries could measure the same way because it can be confusing sometimes when people see like 5.1 millimoles is within range. But if you read that as 51 mgdl, you can be like, whoa, that's dangerously low. It would be handy if they could all be the same, but unfortunately they're not. And I suppose like I had said, even prior to you reading out the email, Graham, various countries will use one or the other for whatever reason so it's not like all of europe uses one way each individual country can have its own so i say in the podcast ireland and the states because that's kind of the the easy one to differentiate between but no they'll all be different okay let's move on email number three owen and i think you're going to like this one because it's entitled diabetes hypo stories from karina oh i like the sound here we go hey owen hey graham My name is Karina from Ireland. Hope ye are well. First off, fabulous job on the podcast. I only got into it this year from Owen sharing on the Diabetes Ireland Facebook page and I've binged them all. I do love podcasts. It was so nice to have someone to relate to. I feel like I'm constantly explaining my diabetes, whether it be friends, teachers, doctors, and just new people all the time. And Lord, it can get stressful. So it was just nice to listen to someone speak about it. And every so often, I'd be like, yes, that makes so much sense. And it's so much easier for me to explain things as well as being reassured I'm not the only one who feels this way. So thank you. Oh, that was nice. Thank you, Karina. I appreciate you getting in touch. And yeah, look, I suppose type one is one of those conditions that you don't really understand unless you have it. And even if a girlfriend or boyfriend or parents or siblings see you dealing with things all the time, see you checking your blood sugar, see you going low, monitoring things before bed, monitoring things in the morning, they are very close to it. But it's still so difficult to articulate living with it and that's why it can be so beneficial for people to to get involved with a diabetic community and listen to podcasts like this and get involved on facebook and instagram because it is that reassuring word of wow i'm not the only person putting up with this stuff each day and i actually saw such a good video yesterday i can't remember who shared it it was medtronic which is like a a diabetic insulin pump brand 
their Instagram page had shared a video of what it's like to live with diabetes. And it was like a 30 second video. And I think I reshared it on my post, but basically what the video was, it was trying to outline what it's like to live with diabetes. And the analogy that they used throughout the ad was like keeping up a balloon. So, you know, when you have a balloon, Graham, and if it doesn't have helium in it, it's going to go to the ground. So remember that game you used to play as a child? Well, I'm presuming you play I still play it. Where you try and... Yeah, still play. Yeah, daily I still play. <laughs> so you try to keep the balloon in the air, and because it's it's very almost sensitive or fragile to touch, you can touch it and it can go any direction almost. So in the ad, it showed all these different types of people doing different things, of somebody coming in the door to a surprise party, somebody swimming, somebody out running in the park. I can't remember what it was, but basically they were doing all these normal daily activities, but trying to keep up this balloon. And that's exactly what diabetes is like. You can do all these things that everybody else does and it won't stop you from doing things, but no matter what you're doing, it's always, always there. And I've described it as kind of being like, that little devil on your shoulder, like from a cartoon or something where you just don't get a break. But when I saw that balloon analogy yesterday, I was like, wow, that is just, that's spot on. And it reminded me, I think I touched on it in the hypo anxiety episode. One of the times that stands out to me the most in relation to doing something and still having to control my diabetes is when I came home from the States after like two years, I hadn't seen my parents in probably like a year and a half or something. And I was coming to land in Dublin and I knew that my parents were going to be there to meet me at the airport or whatever. And it would have been like this exciting time to see my parents and stuff. And I remember on the plane before I landed, eating a load of glucose tablets because I wanted to make sure that when I saw my parents for the first time after like a year, year and a half, my blood sugar wouldn't drop and wouldn't get in the way of that moment. Do you know that way? So getting back to Karina's email, it is good and it's reassuring to have things to listen to and people to connect with because, again, it just reminds you that I'm not the only one that has to keep that balloon in the air. So thank you, Karina. I really enjoyed that email. We're going to get into Karina's hypo stories now. So she says, anyway, my story is pretty random and I laugh about it now, but obviously these things can be scary. But one day I woke up with an extremely low blood sugar and I rang my sister. I was in my own house in Sligo, which is a county in the west of Ireland, very close to where I'm from, County Mayo. I was absolutely convinced that I was in my family home. So for this story, two homes are going to be talked about here. We're going to talk about Karina in her own home and then she's got the separate home where she grew up so this is where she thinks she is oh so she woke up in her own in house. real life in her house in her own house yeah but she thought that she was in her family home where she grew up yeah okay okay gotcha my sister was there and i was clearly not and she kept trying to tell me that i was at my own house and that i needed to check my blood 
I refused to believe her and I kept saying I can't leave the room because at the time my family home was getting done up and they were tiling the hallway. So I kept saying to her, I can't go to the kitchen to check my blood because they are tiling. And she was like, no, they're not because you're not here. My God, I was getting so angry. I even told her that I looked out the window and my family home is a bungalow and the one I live in is a two-story. And when I looked out the window whilst on the second story, I still did not register with me that I was in my two-story house. Finally, she got me to open the door and I noticed that the carpet on the floor was the actual carpet of my own house. I went down and checked my blood and it was 2.2. And she puts in lol after that. I got it sorted. Th- <laughs> Just to keep it lighthearted. <laughs> I got it sorted, thankfully. But I genuinely have to laugh because I have said and done the strangest things when I have a low blood sugar. I don't remember it afterwards at all. Absolutely mad. So it is. Do you have any stories like that? I've had it 18 years now and the stories I have, scary at the time, yes, but funny to look back on. Anyways, best luck with everything you have coming your way. I am loving it. And that is from Karina. So, Owen, any stories like that? That's unreal. Well, firstly, Karina, I'm glad you got through that. And it's it's funny again, like... Going back to even just the last email of trying to describe what things are like to somebody who doesn't live with it, trying to describe a low blood sugar to somebody who's never had a low blood sugar is impossible. So when you when you were reading out that email, I could feel and understand that exact feeling. It's a feeling of, I describe it as my body's like melting. And then your brain is obviously not working as it should and it's like you're in a different state of consciousness so it makes sense to me that all those things were going on and she was so just away with the fairies yeah i'm kind of just going through it now in my head but do i have any stories the ones that always jump out at me are when i have low blood sugar dreams i haven't had one in a while but i've had low blood sugar dreams where in my dream I'm sprinting down the aisle of a supermarket and I'm grabbing cereal and chocolate and sweets and shoveling them into my mouth, trying to get my blood sugar up in the dream. And then I wake up and my bloods are actually low in real life. That's insane. Yeah, it's mad. It's happened to me a few times. And then, <laughs> I don't, do you know, I actually don't think I've told you this story, Graham. It just came to my head there. This is bad, but it's funny because everything was okay. (laughs) Basically, when we were in Canada, me, Dan, and Shane. Dan and Shane are just two of me and Graham's friends that we were in Canada with. I think we'd had a few drinks and we were just hanging around the the house, like not really doing it. We weren't going out or anything. And I I can't remember how and why it happened, but basically... I pretended that my blood sugar dropped really low. Oh, and I pretended. Uh, like, I can't remember. I think I was getting back a chain for something. <laughs> but I can't, don't know what it was. But anyway, I pretended that my blood sugar had dropped really low. And I pretended as if I passed out. Oh, my God. For, so I was actually awake, but just pretending to be passed out. And Shane and Dan were freaking for like 
10 or 15 seconds and then i was like i oh, know this is way too bad <laughs> so i just i just got back up and i was like i'm only joking i'm only joking uh, um but i wasn't actually low that was just a stupid thing to do i don't recommend doing it <laughs> to your friends i was younger then and <laughs> not what wise <laughs> no no that just came to my head do you know what i like about <laughs> karina's story here though is is that she has a good sister because when she rang the sister the sister immediately say said check your blood sugars now you need to check them because she knew straight away. She knew the signs. So it's good that she, even though she does find it difficult to explain to her family, it seems like her family does have some sort of grasp on diabetes. And if she is acting a little bit out of the normal, that you got to check your blood sugars because something's not right. Yeah, absolutely. And look, just because somebody doesn't necessarily truly understand the feelings behind living with type one doesn't mean that they don't understand signs and symptoms of highs and lows which is very 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 important that boyfriends girlfriends parents brothers sisters do understand that so like in karina's case the fact that her sister was probably well accustomed to highs and lows she knew how to address the situation so make sure your friends your family know if your bloods are high if your bloods are low and what to do if it occurs. And we, I think we've time for one quick one at the end from Brian Gardner. He says, Hi Owen, I want to let you know how much I've enjoyed your podcast. I found it randomly and to be honest, was surprised that I liked it. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thanks, Brian. <laughs> like a nice backhanded compliment from Brian. <laughs> uh, Good start. He does make a point though. I, he says, uh, I never had an interest in hearing a podcast about diabetes when I'm already having to think about diabetes constantly every day mm. of my life. Makes sense. I'm 42 mm. and live in California. I work out regularly, especially cycling and strength training with kettlebells. Your podcasts on cardio, weights and HIIT training were great. But I think the best part of your podcast is your positivity about living with diabetes and not letting it slow you down or limit what you can do. I've tried to do the same in my life and I've managed to make it down to the South Pole several times. Keep up oh, the cool. great work from Brian. That's incredible. Whoa, that's unreal. Thank you, Brian. I've never been to the South Pole. So I'm sure that was an experience in itself. That's mad. Yeah, I'd act. Do you know what, Brian? If you're listening to this episode, email us again to let us know how that went yeah. because I'm curious to know what you're doing down the South oh, Pole. As well, love to hear from you if you want to talk about it as well. I'm sure, regardless of diabetes, an expedition to the South Pole is incredible. But add in the complications of being diabetic in the cold. Would the would temperature, we've talked about temperature before, Owen, that would affect it, obviously, yeah? Can do, yeah. So particularly with hot weather, see, a lot of the time, <clears throat> weather, it's going to, that can influence your actions. And what I mean by that is when it's hot weather, we're likely to be out and about moving more, which in itself yeah. is going to lead to increased chances of low blood sugar. When it's hotter and when the sun is shining, remember our, our, our favorite word, vasodilation, is when essentially your blood vessels open up more. So, so therefore, you can actually become more insulin sensitive, which in turn, again, can increase the chances of low blood sugar. When it comes to cold weather, there isn't too much of a change physically, but a lot of the time, and particularly during the winter months, it's cold, it's wet, it's rainy. You're a lot less inclined to be outside. You're a lot less inclined to be as active as you would generally be during the hotter months. 
And because of that, less activity, as we know, likely leads to more insulin requirements. Less activity is not going to suppress cravings as much as we would like. So if you're doing less exercise, it's more likely that you're going to be eating less desirable foods for your blood sugar too, which, as we know, can play a part. But what jumped out at me there with Brian's email is the fact that he never had an interest hearing about a diabetes podcast because he lives with diabetes the whole time. And I understand that. And I appreciate that. And a lot of people would feel that way. It's like, I have to deal with this thing 24 hours a day. Why would I want to listen to it when I can listen to music or a different podcast or whatever it may be? But at the same time, just because you may not necessarily enjoy your diabetes, I don't think anybody fully enjoys their diabetes, but just because you may strongly dislike something, that doesn't mean it's going anywhere. And because our diabetes isn't going anywhere, the more that we know about it, the easier it's going to be. And I sound like a broken record on this podcast saying that, but that's so important. Our diabetes isn't going anywhere. I will likely die having type 1 diabetes. I'm having it for, for the rest of my life. The more I know about it, the better I can manage it. That's just the reality of it. But of course, I understand that, look, my relaxation time may not want to be filled with listening to a podcast about diabetes. And it's funny that he said that because I was only having a conversation with a client last night and he was saying that he loves listening to this podcast. Obviously, I, I chat to him a good bit too, but he said he loves listening to, to this podcast because he lives with diabetes all the time. And much like how I feel about it, he thinks that, look, it's in my best interest to know as much as I can about it. It's in my best interest to understand how I can keep my blood sugar as stable as I need to keep them. Because not that Brian is ignoring it, far from it. But if you, plural, ignore your diabetes, it's only going to be worse. That's just the way it is. So it's in your best interest mentally and physically to understand your blood sugar and your diabetes as much as you can. Brian, thank you so much for that. And definitely would love to hear more about your trips to the South Pole. I wasn't expecting to uh, say that today uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> at all. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you again, Brian. That, uh, I'm sure that was an interesting trip. So, And particularly, like you said, Graham, adding on top of that then the complications of, of monitoring blood sugars. I'd love to hear more. So thank you for getting in touch. I appreciate it. The Insel Owen podcast at gmail.com. That is the email address you need. That's the only email address you need today when listening to this podcast. If you have a story to share, if you have a question for Owen, if you would like to come on the podcast and chat to Owen, please do get in contact. We want this podcast to get bigger and better and we want to spread the word and we want to hear your stories as well. This isn't just about Owen and I chatting. This is about you as well listening and uh, trying to make everybody's life with type 1 diabetes that little bit easier very well put graham and look since we started doing these podcasts we're getting loads of emails in which is great yeah. the more the better because i want it to be a consistent episode that we do each month because i love hearing from them graham loves hearing from them 
And I'm sure you enjoy hearing stories from other diabetics around the world too. So if you have a story, you have an idea, you have a experience, let us know. But as always, appreciate your time. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. And I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy. Take it easy, Ray. See you.